It's not only a pleasure to see you all here today, but look at how many are up front. <clears throat> you must have heard that I had a shower this morning. I'm glad to have you sitting near the front, glad to see all of you uh, worshiping with us today. And we're in for lots of wonderful inspiration today from our children. Uh, we have several announcements to bring to your attention today. Um, one is uh, the Sunday night program continues for children and adults, the adult Bible studies, and the children have choir from 5.30 to 6.15, and then Bible study mission kids from 6.15 to 7. We have a mission opportunity to share with you folks. Will you please join the children of our church in bringing items for Operation Christmas Child? The children got a head start way back during Bible school this summer. And now we need your help as we continue to collect items uh, before we package up the shoeboxes uh, uh, shoe on Sunday, November the 7th. Additional information is available um, at the Sunday uh, in the back there and also uh, talk with Katie Jeter if you have any other questions. Also a reminder that the annual Halloween Carnival and Trunk or Treat um, is Sunday, October 31st from 4 until 6.30 p.m. Please make plans to decorate your trunk and load it with candy. Uh, this announcement is brought to you by the American Dental Association. <laughs> also, <laughs> have you seen these signs around the church? Uh, next Sunday, October the 17th, is uh, Pink Sunday in various churches. We will go pink that day at our church as we celebrate the survivors, remember those who've lost their battle, and raise awareness of breast cancer, we invite you to come in expectation and, and uh, thoughtfulness about that next Sunday morning. Let us now begin our time together in worship.
Our affirmation of faith is the Apostles' Creed on page 881 in your hymnal if you need to turn to that. Let us affirm our faith in God using this historic confession of the Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father of life. From thence he shall come to us to I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the Lord. Be seated, please. I hope you noticed that that uh, first hymn that we sang dated back to about 1200 A.D. So when you say, does your church ever sing any old hymns? Yes, indeed. That's, a, that's quite, quite an old song. Here now our Old Testament lesson from Jeremiah chapter 29 Verse 1, and there's then verses 4 through 7. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders, among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Here ends the lesson. Our responsive reading is Psalm 66, found on page 790. I invite you to stand as you're able as we share this passage together responsively. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of God's praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. You brought us into the net, you laid affliction on our loins. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows, that which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I, when I was in trouble. Come and hear all of you who worship God, and I will tell what God has done for me. 
If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Our epistle lesson is from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Here ends the lesson.
I had the most wonderful experience at the hospital the other day. I got on an elevator with five little children, all preschool, and one very hassled Hispanic mama. And it was a wonderful moment. You just, children are so special. They were jabbering, and when that elevator took off, every one of them looked at me and squealed like we were on a Ferris wheel. And, uh, and I thought, you know, there's a, there's a universality, no matter what language is, we all feel that, you know, down here, and how wonderful to have our children bless us with their feelings and excitement today. We thank their leaders so very, very much. Um, we need to remember in our prayers our sick folks. We, uh, Toby Wright is at the hospital with some stomach distress this morning, and uh, Dan Sims had a very bad wreck on uh, Thursday in his intensive care, recovering. But let us remember these folks in prayer as we join our hearts together now in prayer. Lord, we are thankful for these children who give of themselves and their time to learn to sing the faith. We're thankful for their enthusiasm and their dedication and their energy we pray that you would use us as a church to cause them as they grow, to continue to grow in enthusiasm and joy and faith as they grow to know you even better every day as our Lord and Savior. And we are thankful for the gifts that you give us, for indeed none of us would be able to speak words of joy and praise None of us would be able to lift our voices in song if you had not given these abilities to human beings. We pray that you might use the gifts that you've given us to bless others. Use our hands to love and embrace our brothers and sisters around the world. Use our feet to carry us to those in need that we might love them. Use our arms to lift up the fallen. Help us to be your servants in the world. Lord, so very often when something needs to be done, we look around and we wonder who's going to step up? Who's going to do this? Help us to remember sometimes, Lord, you call our name. And you send us into the game of life with the play that needs to carry our team to victory. We pray, Lord, that we would hear your call and that we would respond by saying, Here I am, Lord. Send me. I will go for you. I will follow Jesus. We do pray for our friends in special times of need, especially those of our church that are suffering this day from accidents or illness. We pray for those who are still in times of grief and loneliness. We pray, O oh God, that you would embrace these that need your special love this day and indeed embrace us all, for we all have come to be reminded that you love us just as we are, not because we deserve it, but because we're your children. And we give you our thanks in Christ's name as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Let us now worship God by giving.
It is my anticipation this day that this service will be a bit noisier than usual. And I want everybody to know how wonderfully happy I am about that. It is a sad church that never has any noise from children in its congregation. And it's a happy church with a bright future that has some disturbance from time to time. So let's all just relax and say children will be children. Uh, my mother and daddy always sat with my sister and me in the nosebleed section of the balcony because Arthur wouldn't behave too well. So um, if anybody understands and has sympathy, it's my parents <laughs> and thanks to them, me. So uh, we're so glad to have our children here today and those that are visiting our church along with them. And thank you children for so wonderfully leading the music portion of our worship today. You have done wonderful things and we look forward to the next time you get to be with us in the Sunday service, which I believe is get, when we get close to Christmas, that that will be the time we do that. Hear now our gospel reading from Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Here ends the lesson. <clears throat> The great Yankee catcher of my childhood, Yogi Berra, is often quoted. And one of his more famous quotes is this. You give 100% in the first half of the game. And if that isn't enough, in the second half you give whatever's left. Well, I don't know what's more left than 100%, but of course he also claims that he has been misquoted on many occasions I really didn't say everything that I said, he said. But Yogi is right in saying that sometimes life calls us to give everything that we've got in some endeavor. And then that doesn't seem enough and somehow we seem to be able to reach back and find a little more to where we seem to be giving 110%. That is something we can all relate to. Have you heard of the 90 10 rule. There are several variations of the rule, but it has to do with that percentage that Yogi was telling us about. We pastors often discover that 90% of the work done in a church is done by 10% of our members. And sometimes 90% of our budget is given by only 10% of our members. 
Someone has also said that even the best planners among us can control no more than 90% of what happens to us. There will always be at least 10% of life over which we have absolutely no control. Therefore, those of us who are obsessed with control issues, we are destined to frustration until we accept the fact that at least 10% of life is beyond our control at all times. However, there is one area where we have 100% control. We have total control over how we react to life's situation. For instance, we cannot control the bad driver who cuts us off in heavy traffic, but we can control how we respond to that driver. We can choose not to engage in road rage. We can choose to love our enemies and pray for them. We can choose to be grateful or not. In the gospel lesson for today, we see another instance of the 90-10 rule, and it has to do with gratitude. Only 10% of the healed men returned to give Jesus thanks for their newfound health. Nine of them did not come back to say thanks. I'm not sure what this says about human nature. Perhaps it says that you and I should not be surprised if only 10% of the people that we do something nice for ever tells us thanks. It might also mean that we fail to tell other people thanks about 90% of our time. Saddest of all, perhaps it means that we spend our time griping and complaining and begging God instead of giving him the thanks that God so richly deserves. As this story today begins, Jesus is continuing on the road, continuing his final journey to Jerusalem, a journey that began way back in chapter 9 of Luke's gospel. Most of Luke's gospel concerns a very brief period of time in Jesus' life, perhaps only a matter of weeks or months. Ten lepers who were forced to live in a leper colony near the town dump, totally dependent on the charity of the community, raised their voices that day from a great distance in order to get Jesus' attention. They simply begged for Jesus to have mercy upon them. Interestingly, according to Luke, Jesus doesn't say a prayer for them. He doesn't anoint them with oil. He doesn't even touch them. He just issues a command to them. Go and show yourself Show yourselves to the priests. And that was a health requirement of the law in those days. Like you may go to a doctor now to get a certificate which will allow you to return to work. In those days you had to have a certificate from the priest saying that you were healthy enough to return to living in the society. They started their journey to the priests as sick people. And as they were taking one step after the other, they moved progressively and slowly and steadily from sickness to health. Somewhere along the journey, one of them must have realized that something was going on. Things had changed. 
new baby fresh skin was appearing on their bodies. It must have seemed like an impossible dream come true. Jesus of Nazareth has made us well, they cried. As this realization hit these men who had been dying until only moments before, one of the men broke ranks with his companions and immediately ran back to the place they had last seen Jesus. You could hear him every step he made. He was laughing. He was crying. He was yelling his praise to God. It sounded like William Bryce Stadium yesterday, uh, I guess. When the man finally found Jesus, he ran up to him and Here's a good southern word. He flung himself on the ground at Jesus' feet and began thanking Jesus loudly and sincerely. Now this one healed man was from Samaria of all places. And the Hebrews thought that Samaritans were so stupid, so theologically unsophisticated, that they wouldn't know an act of God if they saw it right before their eyes. But this foreigner did. Jesus looks down at the man at his feet and says, Where are the other nine? Well, where would you have been if you had been exiled to a leper colony for perhaps years with no contact with your family? I would have continued my journey to the priests and gotten that piece of paper that let me go home, and then I would have run as quickly as I could to my family who would blame these men if that's exactly what they did? I would have gone home. I would have soaked in a bathtub or whatever they had in those days for hours. I would eat everything that my wife put before me. I would hug all the children in the neighborhood and shake hands with my neighbors. That might occupy me for so many days and nights that I would forget that I owed a journey back to Jesus to thank him until so much time had passed that perhaps I would feel embarrassed to return to acknowledge my healing to Jesus. You know, maybe that's what it is with the 90%. Maybe we are thankful, we just forget to get around to telling God and others. Perhaps all 10 of the lepers were thankful to God for their healing, and they really intended to express that thanks one day they just never got around to it. Have you ever told yourself, I've really got to go by and see someone to let them know how much they mean to me. I need to go back and see that teacher that I had in elementary school or high school or college and say thanks. They've meant a lot to me. I really need to go by and see Uncle Charlie and tell him that I love him. But before you get to see these people, you read the obituary one day and the person has passed away. Gratitude is one thing that we dare not put off till tomorrow. The nine lepers probably said, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. But they not, never got around to it. One of the best sermons I ever heard around the Thanksgiving theme was given by a fellow United Methodist pastor who was at that time a campus minister and he talked with us about how so many of us have a meant-to religion. We mean to give our lives to Jesus and become his followers. We meant to start going to church. 
We meant to take our children to church with them. We meant to return to Jesus and thank him for healing us and saving us. We meant to. We just never got around to it. The road to ruin is paved with the good intentions of a meant-to religion. May God save us all from meant-to religions. Where are the other nine? Well, preachers have enjoyed imagining why the other nine didn't return to Jesus because it gives us a wonderful chance to verbally whip some of our troublesome members but I'm not going to do that today because one of you might tell me that having to listen to my sermons every week is enough punishment for, for each of you, so uh, I won't punish you. But we might use our imaginations together a little bit and think what it was that kept those nine from being thankful. Perhaps one of the men was a pessimist who thought, thought to himself, this healing won't last. My illness just might come back, or if it doesn't, something else bad is going to happen to me maybe tomorrow, I'd better wait to see what happens tomorrow before I make a fool of myself by thanking God for this blessing. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Faith in Christ seems to be making some changes in my life, but that might not last. And so the pessimist never returned to Jesus to give him thanks. Talk with a lady one time who says, said that she takes the worst possible views in life. I said, oh, you're a pessimist. And she says, no, I take pictures down at the driver's license department, motor vehicle. Those are the worst possible views of life, aren't they? But people of faith take uh, we have reasons to be positive about life. Where are the other nine? Well, perhaps another of the missing men was a skeptic. I don't understand how God could be responsible for my healing. I don't understand how God made the universe. Maybe it just happened. And I don't understand at all how Jesus could be God's son how could Jesus have had the power to cure me? Maybe I was just lucky. I was unlucky when I got sick, so maybe I was lucky when I got well. The skeptic won't believe his own eyes or give faith an opportunity to work. Then another of the men might have been one who had a very strong feeling that he was a self-made man, you know, who thought he deserved every blessing he got. He thought to himself, I don't need to thank anybody. I got what I deserved. Wasn't I smart to holler out to Jesus like I did? I didn't deserve to get sick, but I deserved to get well, and I did it myself. It's only fair. So I don't need to say thank you to anybody. I got what I deserved. And he never felt the need to give God thanks. Where are the other nine? Maybe one of them was a cynic who said, sure, Jesus healed me, but now what's he going to want from me in return? I bet he's going to want donations from my wallet to his ministry. He might even want me to leave home again and follow him to who knows where. I certainly am not going to become a missionary to Africa. At the very least, he's going to expect me to start getting up on Sunday and going to church from now on, and I'm not going to do that. 
I'd better not go back and thank him. There's no telling what he might ask me to do for him. Where are the other nine? Perhaps some, some of them had a have-to religion. They followed the strict letter of the law and whatever it demanded was enough. Jesus had said to do what the law said, go and show yourself to the priest. And that's exactly what they did and nothing more. They went to get that piece of paper and returned to their families. Jesus hadn't said anything about coming back and giving God any kind of thanks. So they didn't have to do that. One of the ironies of this story is that the one man who returned to Jesus filled with thanksgiving in his heart was the one who disobeyed the commandment. Apparently he didn't go to the priest to give thanks to the priest. He came back to Jesus instead. Jesus praised this disobedient man as the one who returned to give thanks to God and he was the one that Jesus declared to be well that day, saved by faith, not the law. The same word in the Greek language that is translated well could also have been translated saved. Jesus said to this man, your faith saved you today. He had failed to keep the law, and yet he was declared saved through his faith in Jesus Christ alone. Those who kept the letter of the law and went to the priests as they were demanded and commanded to do were not declared saved that day. That's interesting to say the least. Perhaps living a life of gratitude is more important to God than keeping all the little minute laws that we try to keep. Perhaps it is gratitude and not legalistic living that leads us to wholeness, wellness, and salvation. You see, wholeness is not to be found in a have-to religion. It is to be found in a thank-you-God religion based upon faith and trust in Jesus. Where are the other nine? I wonder if Jesus ever felt like you and I do sometimes. We work mighty hard on behalf of the people that we love. We make sacrifices because that's what we do as parents or disciples. But nobody, even not even our children, say thank you. In keeping with the 90-10 rule, rarely do people thank us for what we do for them. But there is a voice that thanks us that we need to learn to listen for. It is the voice of God thanking us, saying to us, Well done, you good and faithful servants. Whenever you've been kind to one of the least of these brethren of mine, you've been kind to me. So thank you. Well done. And while you're listening for God to thank you, Perhaps it will remind you to be one of the 10% who remembers to return your thanks to God by saying, Thank you, Lord, for you have blessed me with so many blessings. And thank you especially for your amazing grace. Amen.
today, but we are so blessed to also see Lib McElrath with us today. Lib, I'm glad to see you. Blessings on you. It's been a while since you've been able to be here. Now may you go forth in peace with your hearts filled with praise and gratitude. 